0: and this is inscription. Whether you feel far from God and you want to change that, or you already have a relationship with God and you just want to go deeper, this is the place for you. Brothers and sisters, we're preparing the readings for the seventh Sunday of Easter. And it also happens to be in a number of dioceses they'll be celebrating the Ascension. So we're going to take the readings for the Ascension, beginning with the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1. But before we take a look at the Feast of the Ascension in the seventh Sunday of Easter, we want to take a look at the Hebraic calendar. And just a reminder, one of the reasons that we look at the Hebraic calendar is because the Bible comes to us in a context. and that context, we get access to through the oral tradition, and the calendar is one of the ways in which month after month they retell the story, and so we're reading the Torah with Israel at the same time that we're doing the readings for our own uh, the New Testament cycle of scriptures, and the in this month that we've we've entered into the month of Sivan, and the one of the the customs that the rabbis have for each month they see. Each month, the feast that defines that month fills the entire month with the power of that feast. And so we were in the month of Nissan, which was the three, you know, three months ago was the month of Nissan. And that was the the feast of Passover. So the entirety of Nisan is filled with the power of Passover. And then we went into the month of Iyar, and the or Iyar, and the month of Iyar was filled with the the power of the counting of the Omer. Now we're in the month of of Sivan. In the month of Sivan, it's the Shavuot, which is the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. So. Interestingly enough, it just so happens that these three months aren't just filled with that power, but they're all uh, they're, they're they're a combined source of power because of the counting of the Omer, and the counting of the Omer or the Sephirah of the Omer. It represents the fifty days from Passover to Israel arriving at Mount Sinai and receiving the gift of the Torah from the Lord. Now, so those 50 days, as they counted those 50 days, that happens to coincide with for us as followers of Jesus who are counting 50 days from the time of Jesus's resurrection to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. So, and it's in, in reality, the first Pentecost happened on, on, on Mount Sinai with that gift of, of Torah. So here we are in the month of Sivan, and the power of the month of Sivan, the grace, the energy, the divine energy of the month of Sivan is this this, this giving of Torah. And the you might remember that every month has a tribe that goes with it. So the tribe for the month of Sivan, um, the, Sivan the tribe for the month of Sivan is the tribe of Zebulun. And the and there's a special relationship between the tribe from the last month, which was the tribe of Issachar. So Zebulun and Issachar were brothers. And the and Issachar was the tribe, they knew the times and the seasons. And they actually they had a, a plot their their land was in the Galilee, that same region around the Sea of Galilee, where you have Nephtali, Zebulun. And Issachar, they're all around that Sea of Galilee area, which happens to be one of the one of the richest uh, schools in the study of scriptures, both in Christianity and in Judaism. So there's very, it's it's part of what's referred to as the Syrian school, but you have even the the Talmud. You have a you have a Babylonian Talmud, which was one of the rich schools. And then you have the, the Jerusalem Talmud. But the Jerusalem Talmud is actually in this, in the Galilee region. And part of this is due to the fact that when the second temple was destroyed, that was also a place of scholarship. So a lot so that raised the prominence then when that's when that school got destroyed, that raised the prominence of the Galilee. And then why is there a Babylonian Talmud or why is there a rich school in Babylonia? That's because of the Babylonian exile that Israel is under. But if you look on a map, the Galilee and the Babylonian side all represent this uh, larger Syrian school. And this Syrian school, I'm making an argument that there's an importance for laying side-by-side not just the Latin fathers, but also the Greek fathers as well as the Syrian fathers. And one of the values of accessing the Syrian fathers and the leader of the Syrian fathers, the head, the, 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 the most significant would be Saint Ephraim the Syrian along with Saint Isaac the Syrian and then there's a list of others. But one of the, one of the reasons that I believe that those need to all be laid side by side, this, this Syrian, this Greek and this Latin, is because the Syrian school is a Semitic school, and and we can learn they're they're more closely related to in in culture and in narrative. They're more closely related to the rabbinic school. So that's why we look into these rabbinic schools. So, but the tribe of the tribe of Issachar, which was the tribe for the last month, the. Uh, the the month of Iyar the counting of the Omer the tribe of Issachar they were the ones who stayed home and studied Torah so much of what we have now in terms of the the Talmud and the Mishnah and the Torah we have because of the work of the tribe of Issachar they were the ones who knew the times and the seasons now Issachar were brothers with Issachar was a brother with Zebulun the tribe of Zebulun side by side Zebulun Was a merch. It was they were a merchant tribe, and while they started as a landlocked tribe, their territory grew until it connected the Sea of Galilee with the Mediterranean Sea, which gave them access to incredible trade routes. Zebulun entered into a partnership with Issachar. They said, you know, we'll go and do the trade. You stay home and study, study Torah. But when we come back, when we come home, you enrich us with Torah and we'll enrich you. We, they get 50% of what they earned, they gave to the tribe of, of Issachar. And so you have this, um, there's now there's, this, so that's the, that's the history that gives you the literal meaning. Now we're looking at the spiritual meaning. So the spiritual sense for the month of Sivan and the tribe of Zebulun, the spiritual sense is walking. And, so, and this walking isn't just the, it's, you know, it's healthy to, to walk, so you know, get out there, stretch your legs, get some fresh air. This, this is that interior walking. And so each each of the months has a spiritual sense. So the, the, the sense, the spiritual sense for the month of Nisan was speaking, so learning to be impeccable with your speech. Why? Because words have power. Words have power to either increase the light or increase the darkness. Words have power to release God's creative power or they have the power to release the darkness. And so being very intentional about the words that you speak. If you don't want to see it, don't say it. If you do want to see it, then proclaim it. And so this is why we proclaim the kingdom because we want to see it. And the more you proclaim it, the more you will see it. So faith comes through hearing, St. Paul says. So, but so in the month of Nissan, we talk about the power of words. Then, in that in the month of Iyar, which is just past the counting of the Omer, where we're connecting those those fifty those fifty days between Passover and, and Shavuot. In the month of Iyar, the spiritual sense was thought. It's your interior life. So once you learn to bridle your tongue and be intentional and impeccable with your speech, then you can begin to. Uh, be, uh, become an observer of your thoughts and become a master of your of your mindset. And and w- one of the things that we realize is that the, the human brain is a storytelling machine. So it's a very powerful exercise to ask yourself the question, what's the story I'm telling myself? What's the meaning I'm giving this? And one of the things that we'll find out in this story that I'm telling myself and the meaning that I'm giving this is that this is part of the meaning between the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is that we have been given an assignment by God in order to to discover to uncover to to find the godly sparks that there are god there are sparks of godliness that are hidden in all of creation and in every situation and circumstance And every person, even within ourselves, there are these sparks of godliness. But at the same time, these sparks of godliness get mixed with this darkness and with this difficulty. And so that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, where you have both side by side. But we're learning how to connect opposites and how to remove the darkness and to create light in the darkness. And so this is this is that mindset. Well, so as we move from Nissan to ER to Savan, we're moving from the sense of speech to the sense of thinking to the sense of walking. So now that journey looks like something. And so the tribe of Zebulun, as they went on their, they're doing business with all the nations. They weren't just being enriched by the the. Business and the being a merchant, they were also enriching. They were learning, and they were enriching people with the understanding of Torah that they were learning from their their brother tribe, Issachar. All right, so so in this in this month of Sivan, this is a month for for walking it out, and this works out perfectly because they're about to receive Torah, and that's something that they're going to walk out in the desert for forty years before they enter into the Promised Land. So these are, are some of the opportunities that we have right now to remember what God did then, because what God was doing then, God's nature, He is, he, he doesn't change. And so, so the yeah, so what God was doing with them reveals what God's doing with us now. And so there's an opportunity for us to be impeccable with our speech, to be masters of meaning in our in our mindset, but then to walk it out. Now, with this walking it out, Part of the meaning as well is the the in in israel the 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 sages of Israel and the rabbis of Israel the masters of Israel they would talk about they would when they would get dressed they'd always begin with their right hand when they get out of bed they always start with their right foot so they always have a way of doing something you start with the right and to be fair we have we have a little bit of this that survives at least in my culture growing up we would say oh you got out of bed on the wrong, wrong you got out of the wrong side of the bed you know you can tell somebody's not in a good mood or we got off on the wrong foot so expressions like that so the spiritual meaning of walking brings that in and so you're you're always supposed to start with the right foot you want to get off on the right foot but one of the powers of the month of Sivan is the power of admitting that even though I know I'm supposed to start on the right foot, I'm supposed to get out on the right side of the bed. The you know, partly metaphorically, but I think they actually mean it literally too. Uh, I paid attention this morning as I got out of bed. I actually put both feet down at the same time. So uh, the as I was meditating on this, but the but part of the power of Sivan is the left foot. And the left foot is admitting when when I got off on the wrong foot, and so that this is part of that humility and that meekness as we move forward. It's extremely, it's extreme. Well, I was going to say it's extremely difficult, but Jesus never gets me, lets me get away with saying something's difficult. It's uh, as as long as you believe it's difficult, it is difficult. You know, it's 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 hard until you realize it doesn't have to be hard. And so, but this this the power of being able to admit. Yeah, I, I got off on the wrong foot there. I, you know, the, and this, yeah, this humility, this, 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 uh, yeah, this, this meekness. You know, they talked about Moses was the most meek man. So this, this humility, getting off on the wrong foot, admitting. So one of the things that we're doing when we're admitting this, this power of, of the of the steps, the sense of the of walking, is we are getting in touch with those parts of us that are negative those parts of us that are bitter, those parts of us that are dark, and we're we're raising it up, we're we're and connecting it with the light and we're creating light out of darkness. And so I like the, the saying, you know, if you squeeze if you squeeze a lemon, what do you get? Lemon juice. If you squeeze an orange, what do you get? Orange juice. If you squeeze a grapefruit, what do you get? Grapefruit juice. <laughs> Alright, so if you squeeze a Christian what ought you get? You ought to get Christ, but sometimes when we're squeezed, if we're honest, we can admit sometimes something other than Christ will come out. And rather than being discouraged, what we want to start to see that is that's an opportunity of moving with the right, fa- moving with the right foot, then stepping with the left foot, admitting, moving with the right foot, you know, growing, and then stepping with the left foot, admitting. Ah, there it is again. But I want to connect with that. I want to see like this is me being purified, and I want to be so, I want to be so purified that every all the ne- negativity in me gets transformed into beauty. That all the darkness in me gets transformed into light. And so, what about that for a proposal? And and so sometimes we're afraid to admit. But when we when we fail to admit it doesn't it doesn't make the darkness go away it doesn't make the negativity go away it simply puts it back into hiding and so those moments when we are squeezed those are those are powerful times for in, inner transformation and then when you understand the the relationship that that man or woman, that we are a microcosm of the cosmos and that the cosmos is a macrocosm of you and I, then we then we see that power that as we harmon as we seek a deeper harmony and deeper peace within ourselves, in fact that very peace beyond all understanding that Jesus talks about, as we attain peace within us, we're actually affecting the whole cosmos, all of creation. And you're going to see that when we get to the gospel for today in Mark Mark 16. The call is to go out and evangelize all of creation. So the, the entire cosmos is, to, is going to be affected by the good news that permeates through us, that transforms everything that's dark in us into light, everything that's negative into something that's beautiful, everything that's absurd into something that's meaningful and life-giving. So... Alright, yay God. So that's um, so what else can we say about the month of Sivan? The okay, so we are, this is this is part of this power to connect opposites and to, to purify uh, to purify impurity and to and to release souls. This is part of what's happening with the feast of the ascension. So this Thursday coming up, the May 13th is the Feast of the Ascension in many dioceses, it's moved to the Sunday this is significant the this idea of ascending and descending and the insight that ascending and descending are are joined together they're two dimensions of the same mystery one of the places where we see this is on Jacob's ladder the angels were ascending and descending and then if you start reading Saint Paul and start paying attention to this theme of ascending and descending you'll see it show up over and over again so we could ask ourselves what what is in ascending and descending for me? And so the realization that you know Jesus first he came from heaven to earth, so he descended, and then now we're getting ready to celebrate the feast of ascension, so he's going to ascend, and then when he ascends, then he sends the Holy Spirit that descends. So there's this continuous. Do you see this this union between heaven and earth that's taking place right now? And and so this so this is a powerful. Well, this ascending and descending is what's happening on Mount Sinai. Moses is ascending the mountain and then God is the giving of the Torah. So in that, all of Israel is ascending into heavenly places and all of heaven is descending into earthly places so there could be a marriage between heaven and earth. And this is something that we're learning to walk in. So in the way it works in the spiritual life is there are moments when the light flips on, the switch flips on, and you can see it clearly, and that's awesome. And then there are moments when you get squeezed, and then the darkness and the bitterness and the negativity comes out. And this is what we're learning, how to how to become masters of meaning and people of revelation. And part of it happens by what's the story that you're telling yourself and seeing your story in the context of a larger story can be very helpful because patterns repeat themselves and at the end of the day we'll see that everything's actually simple everything's actually easy the only thing that's difficult is something that we don't know how to do yet but once we know how to do it then it becomes easy jesus himself says follow follow me in my yoke and in a rabbinic context the yoke was the teaching of a rabbi so Further evidence that Jesus understood himself as a rabbi. I like to say Jesus is my rabbi, <laughs> and and his and the yoke of the rabbi is the teaching of the rabbi, and the, even binding and loosing has to do with how a rabbi passes on his yoke. And Jesus had his own yoke, his own way of teaching. And how did he describe it? He said, "My yoke is easy, my burden is light." So again, one of the one of the strong arguments I believe. For reading the New Testament in light of the oral tradition around the Old Testament, because there's there's more connections that can, can be made can be made and more comes to to light. All right, wonderful. So that was a, a a brief look at the at the or at the Hebraic calendar, and now we'll move in for the readings for the Ascension of the Lord. Our first reading is from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter one, verse one to eleven. So come with me open your open your bibles open your bible apps it's so powerful to stand before the word of god to be able to feast your eyes on the word of god and the and to be able to hear or speak and, and read the word of god so here we go uh, we want we want to have a life in the word of god and we want the word of god to be alive in us this is what this is what we're working for all right acts acts of the apostles chapter 1 verse 1 to 11 in the first book Theophilus, I dealt with all that Jesus did and taught until the day he was taken up, after giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them by many proofs after he had suffered, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While meeting with them, he enjoined them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, about which you have heard me speak. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. When they had gathered together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He answered them, It is not for you to know the times and seasons that the Father has established by his own authority, but you will receive power When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and the cloud took him from their sight. While they were looking intently at the sky, as he was going, suddenly two men dressed in white garments stood beside them. They said, Men of Galilee... Why are you standing there looking at the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will return in the same way you have seen him going into heaven. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. So what a powerful, what a mystical reading. So much packed into there. Maybe we could just grab a few pieces of it. For one, Jesus is talking about John baptized you with water but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So this distinction between the the water baptism and the spirit baptism, the baptism of John and the baptism in the Spirit. One of the places where I I see this in in the Gospel of John is in chapter 4 John and chapter 7 John. In chapter 4 John, the Jesus says he says, if you knew the gift of God, you would have asked me and I would have given you living water welling up within you unto eternal life. So that's the Holy Spirit inside of you for you. Then in John 7, Jesus says something different. He says, out of the bellies of believers will flow rivers of living water. So, so this is what was an interior thing now just became an exterior thing. And so one way that I hold these two together in a simple formula is the Holy Spirit is in you for you, but he's on you for others. And so these two different levels of being baptized, uh, being baptized with water, and then in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit that in Jesus when, so, so our understanding of water baptism, takes us back to when Jesus experienced John's baptism, the water baptism. And that part, Jesus had, uh, there were two parts to that, part A and then part B. So part A was down below on the earth, part B is up above in the heavens. Part A is Jesus goes beneath the water, he comes up from the water. And the as he goes beneath the water, it's the fullness of the power of the cross, and as he comes up from the water, it's the fullness of the power of the resurrection. As he goes beneath the water, this is being put to death in the flesh. And as he comes up from the water, this is being given life in the spirit. So that's that first part. And, and this is something like this is the light switch, you know, going beneath the water. That's that being put to death in the, in the flesh. That is recognizing the mind of man. And the mind of man is susceptible to the attack of the enemy. And, and how do you know when the the mind of the when the attack of the enemy is approaching the mind of man? Is because the you'll you'll see these three elements. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so that that negativity, like we talked about, getting squeezed, and then all of a sudden there's this bitterness, or there's this darkness, or there's this negativity. What is that? That's the mind. That, that's the mind of man under being susceptible to the attack of the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we want to let ourselves be submersed, put to death in the flesh and, and you know access the finished work of the cross, so the, the, the yeah the, Jesus' finished work of the cross, put to death in the flesh so that we can then come up from the water under a new reality, under a new regime, under the, under the kingdom of heaven under an open heaven. And so, so then this open heavens is part of Holy Spirit being on you for others. So Holy Spirit comes and descends in the form of a dove and lands on Jesus. He hears the voice of the Father. So the heavens are open. And then Jesus goes out and begins his public ministry. So Holy Spirit is in you for you. He's on you for others. And in you for you gives you access to the mind and the heart of God. And it's wonderful, but it's not fully mature yet. It's not mature until we until we achieve, and uh-huh, until we receive that that mission, that, that call for the mission. There's two parts of the inheritance. So Holy Spirit in you, for you, that's the first part of the inheritance. That's the inheritance that we receive. But then the second part of the inheritance is an inheritance that we win, and we don't win it for us, we win it for him. So Jesus says in Psalm, or it says in Psalms two, ask and I'll grant you the nations as your inheritance inheritance. So this is where we're going and that's where we're going to hear even the language in the Gospel of Mark as as we get forward to that. So, But this, this baptism of water and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this is very powerful here. And then this ascending and descending, like we see Jesus ascend to the heavenly places there. I want to stand on what Jesus said. He said that everything I've done And you will do, and greater still. So we've seen Jesus do some great stuff here. And so I'm interested in learning more about what is the the 30-fold, what is the 60-fold, what is the 100-fold. And just in a simple outline, I'm proposing that 30-fold is Holy Spirit in you, for you. That's access to the mind and the heart of God, that you could have the mind of God, you could know the emotions of God. And so, but that's practical. That looks like something. So, how do you walk that out? How do you walk out 30 fold? Well, I want to passionately pursue this. And then from 30 fold, go up to 60 fold. That's Holy Spirit in you. Uh, that's Holy Spirit on you for others. And so, what's that? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. And where do you see the Gospel of Mark that we're about to get to? We're going to see those elements healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. And so that's Holy Spirit on you for others. But that's still just the 60-fold. Where we want to go is the 100-fold. And this is the concept. St. Augustine says it. People get uncomfortable with this, but it's in the fathers of the church and it's in the scriptures. St. Peter calls it being a partaker in the divine nature. St. Augustine said God became man so that man might become God. So that's the... the And then throughout the church fathers, they've talked about... They have three different names that I have for it right now. Divinization theosis and deification they're all referring to the same thing but that's where we become the fullness of the image of god and this is what saint paul is talking about in second corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 17 and 18 where where he says yeah and we all who with unveiled faces reflect the lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory And so this is that transfiguration light that Jesus showed us on Mount Tabor. This is for us. We are meant to be burning pillars of fire and we're meant to be, and the purpose of fire is to spread fire. And the fire that I'm talking about is the supernatural fire, which is the revelation of God on the earth. So that's a simple outline for 30, 60 and 100 fold. And yeah, exciting for Pentecost fire coming next week. (laughs) All right, so... So, uh, so that's that's we, we grabbed a hold of a couple of things there in in this Acts of the Apostles one. I also just want to point out, like Acts of the Apostles, written by Luke, he was scientific minded, and you see the way he talks. Like I've dealt with everything that Jesus taught in the days, in the days until he was taken up after giving instruction. He he puts a systematic. He's yeah, he's systematic by about it. He's analytic about it, giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he chose, Um he presented himself alive to them by many proofs. And so, so this is Jesus. And then he, he walked with them for 40 days. After he rose from the dead, he walked with them for 40 days, speaking to them about the kingdom. So what kinds of stories was Jesus telling them about the kingdom? Were those lost or were those passed on? I believe those are passed on and some of them are passed on in the scriptures themselves, but some of them also live on in the oral tradition because the Bible comes to us in a context of a community because the purpose of God's heart is to connect us all, that we would all be connected, to connect the future and the past, to connect the heaven and the earth, to connect each one of us to one another. This is this is the greatness of God's plan. Uh, yay, God. So Now let's move on to Psalm 47. Starting with verse two and three, uh, the the refrain for the psalm is, "God mounts his throne to shouts of joy, a blare of trumpets for the Lord. The, uh, says in the first verse is, "All you peoples clap your hands, shout to God with cries of gladness. For the Lord, the most High, the awesome, is the great king over all the earth." So brothers and sisters, here we are, 1000 BC, with the great King David, and he's starting a revival. How does he start the revival? Well, he's he's been anointed king, he's been put in place, and what he chooses to do is to build kingdom around the worship of God's presence. So he says, that Ark of the Covenant that's been with the band of prophets up in the mountains, bring that down to the center of the city, put a tent over it, we're gonna hire, we're gonna support worship leaders, And we're going to support those who lead us in the worship of God's presence. Day and night, we're going to support them. We're going to support their families. We're going to build kingdom around the worship of God's presence. And the kind of worship that they were having was something spectacular. How can you tell? Because he says, All you peoples, clap your hands, shout to God with cries of gladness. So what's this that's happening here? By the way, this gladness, this is part of the gospel. When the the first time the gospel was proclaimed by the angels to the shepherds in the fields the way that they described it we have we have uh Uh, good news glad tidings of great joy and so if when you're hearing the gospel if it doesn't create that glad joy it's not yet the gospel you haven't heard it yet if it doesn't make your heart leap just like the john the baptist leapt in the womb of his mother when when jesus was in the womb of his mother and 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 mary of nazareth and elizabeth met met one another and john the baptist leapt for joy this is what your heart does when it feels the gospel so brothers and sisters what they were walking, their worship that they were walking in them with. Clapping the hand, all you peoples, clap your hands, shout to God with cries of joy. They saw clapping the hand as spiritual warfare. So they saw clapping the hand as not just the blast of a trumpet, the blow of a trumpet, but it's the blast of power. It's the shifting of spiritual atmospheres. It's even the clap of the hands meant to build a tent, to create a place where heaven would exist on the earth. And so this is what David's modeling. What David is doing is he's worshiping in the spirit. He's been put to death in the flesh. He's given life in the realm of the Spirit. He's under the open heaven. He's accessing a thousand years before the time of Christ, before the time of the Messiah. He's accessing the grace of the Messiah, and he tells us all about the Messiah. He sees that he has holes in his hands and his feet. He knows about the crucifixion. He sees that he's descended into hell and, and lifted up from the, 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 the Lord. The Father will not suffer the Son into Sheol. And then he sees Jesus ascend into the heavenly place, sit down at the right hand of the Father, and he listens to a a conversation between the Father and the Son before the Trinity is revealed, all 1000 B.C., and how do we know that? Because it's all written in the Psalms. And then how do we know that the, that's what it means? You know, Because I, I believe in the Bible, but what does it mean? The most authoritative interpretation of Scripture is Scripture. And Jesus himself references the Psalms and says they're talking about him. <laughs> so not only is the most authoritative interpretation of Scripture, Scripture, but when, the, when that voice in Scripture is Jesus himself saying, that book refers to me, that gives us a pretty solid ground to stand on and so this is real all you peoples clap your hands know that there's power when we worship when we lift up our hearts this is the way that mass begins We, you know, the Lord be with you and with your spirit lift up your hearts we lift them up to the Lord this is what we're talking about this is the secret of ascending and descending and it's real as we ascend heaven comes down earth goes up and heaven comes down and the two become one so all you peoples clap your hands shout to God with cries of gladness this is something that we're meant to feel in the marrow of our bones to feel a fire in the marrow of the bones for the lord the most high the awesome the, if, until church is the place where we're the most excited to go where we look forward to it like our favorite seeing our favorite band in concert or going to our favorite uh, football match until church is gripping us in that way we haven't yet got it and so we are in we're in a desert right now we're in a desert of revelation We're in a desert of complete lack of familiarity with the presence of Jesus and with the power of the Holy Spirit. But I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, this desert season is for God's purposes to create a hunger in us where we say, you know what? I want that. I'm tired of living at a distance. I'm tired of living at three to 5% when I could be at 30, 60, and 100 fold. I'm gonna go for it. I wanna say yes to it. Next verse, God mounts his throne with shouts of joy. So part of seeing God enthroned over our hearts and over our families and over our communities, over our part of seeing God, God enthroned is, is right here. God mounts his throne amid shouts of joy. David will also say, blessed is, blessed is the one who knows the joyful shout. So, brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, there's a whole nother level of being gripped, being gripped by God in your heart. It takes God to know God. It takes God to love God. We want to love, not just that, I want to love God by the power of God. I want to know God by the power of God. This is what David's experiencing. It's not just for David then, it's for you and I now. The final verse Oh, and a little bit more in that verse. God mounts his throne amid shouts of joy, O Lord, amid trumpet blasts, sing praise to God, sing praise to our King, sing praise. So David's just wrecked in the spirit here, but as he's wrecked in the spirit, he's wrecking the old the old heavens and the old earth. And he's creating the new heavens and the new earth. So remember we talked about the 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 we are a microcosm of the cosmos and the cosmos is a macrocosm of us so as we get consumed with praise and consumed with the fire of the holy spirit and consumed with god all of creation is reaching its destiny the the third verse for that psalm is for the king of all the earth is god sing hymns of praise god reigns over the nations god sits upon his holy throne i want all right Not just, I want to see that day then. We have vision so we can see that day now. When Jesus was on the cross, he was seeing that day even in the darkness. Talk about, you know, if you squeeze a lemon, what comes out? Lemon juice. If you squeeze an orange, what comes out? Orange juice. If you squeeze a grapefruit, what comes out? Grapefruit juice. If you squeeze Christ, what comes out? The anointing. So on the cross, when he was being squeezed, there was no negativity. Everything was goodness. That's why we call it Good Friday. When, when he was squeezed, there was no bitterness. It was only sweetness and love that came at him. When he was squeezed, there was another, <laughs> another negativity into beauty bitterness into sweetness, darkness into light. When he was squeezed in that darkness, the light broke forth. The veil in the temple was rent and heaven and earth became one. The finished work of the cross, the fullness of the power of the cross is present when we go beneath the water and that gives us the power to ascend as a new creation in Christ Jesus with nothing of the former remaining. You're either a hundred percent dead in Adam or a hundred percent alive in Christ Jesus. And I'm not saying that there's not a struggle, but we want to sit in the seat of the Observer and watch both of these happening, I can see that thought is from the enemy who came to steal, kill, and destroy, and that... Thought is from my loving Father in heaven. Thoughts and feelings come from where they lead to. I want to go toward my loving Father in heaven. So That's the direction that I'm going. So I'm going to clap my hands and I'm going to lift up my heart and I'm going to worship my God and I'm going to love the scripture. And remember, I don't study the scripture so that I could learn the scripture. I study the scripture so that I could remember the scripture because we've been written with the word of God on our hearts. It's in our very DNA. This is who we are. This is who he is. This is who we are. And this is what I want to say yes to brothers and sisters. Can I get an amen? All right, Ephesians 1, verse 17 to 23. Brothers and sisters, while we need to just hear the supernatural proposal? remember I'm telling you, like we're suffering at three to 5% when we could be at 30, 60, 100 fold. We need to just hear the way St. Paul talks about it here in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 23. Brothers and sisters, may the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, Can you tell Paul's already drunk in the spirit right there? May the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation resulting in the knowledge of him. This knowledge here, this is that epignosis. This is that that deep, personal, experiential knowledge bringing us into Tabor light, transfiguration glory, resurrection life. May the, Lord, may the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation resulting in the epiknosis of him, in the knowledge of him. May the eyes of your hearts be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope that belongs to his call, what are the riches of his glory in his inheritance among the holy ones of what is the surpassing greatness of his power for us who believe, in accord with the exercise of his great might, which he worked in Christ, raising him from the dead, and seating him at the right hand in the heavens, far above every principality, authority, power, and dominion, and every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one to come, And he put all things beneath his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all things everywhere. So, so all right. Wow. Thank you, St. Paul. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, what I'm saying is The proposal of the gospel is a supernatural life that far exceeds our wildest expectation. There's so much more for us. Paul's praying for it here. Spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened that we know the hope that belongs to his calling, the riches of his glory. Look at, look at the exceeding abundance of this. The, this exceedingly great, everything is, the surpassing greatness of his power for us who, all right, of what is the surpassing greatness of his power for us who believe. Wait, I want to get the line before that. What are the riches of his glory in his inheritance amongst his holy ones? So this inheritance, remember we were saying that there's two parts of the inheritance we receive Jesus as an inheritance for us, but then then that's Holy Spirit in us for us, but the Holy Spirit's on us for others, so that we can go and win an inheritance for him. And so that's we from Psalm two, asking I'll grant you the nations as your inheritance. But we also receive the cloud of witnesses, those that have gone before who've been participating in the winning of his inheritance. There's those that have gone before. In the Catholic Church, we call it the communion saints. Biblically speaking, they often refer to it as the cloud of witnesses. You can see it beautifully articulated in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, as it goes one by one by one. But all this connection, this is the connection between heaven and earth. This is the connection between the future and the past. This is the family tree. This is the tree of life. This is the cloud. Out of glory this is what happens when God's people unite the the purpose of the purpose of connecting is when the when, when we're connected, the current flows. When we're connected, there's an illumination. There's an enlightenment. The more we're connected, the more we're going to see the miraculous. One of the reasons that we're so slow in hearing the prophetic and seeing the miraculous in the world today is because of the division that's in the body of Christ and the division that's in the world. But we want to be men and women of, we, who are masters of meaning and and people that we want, we want to be masters of meaning and men and women of revelation. And this revelation is going to connect we're gonna see the meaning start to surge like a powerful supernatural current flowing through heaven and earth future and past from one to another. We're gonna see mountains move. We're gonna be walking through walls. We're gonna be walking on the water. We're gonna see heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, there are pockets where it's already happening. I've seen miracle after miracle after miracle. And I'm telling you, what I've seen, even though it's amazing, there's still so much more. We're not even close to scratching the surface. We're still, if we're seeing miracles at the three to 5%, what kind of miracles are we gonna see at the 30%? At the, at the 60%, at the 100%. I'm in for 100%. All right, so St. Paul, yeah. Give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation resulting in the knowledge of him. May the eyes of your heart be enlightened that you may know what is the hope that belongs to his calling. And, and that, that knowledge of him, that's that epicanosis, that's the center of Pauline theology and the center of Petrine theology, of, of Paul and Peter. And what is at that center? Peter's... Tabor experience. He goes back to it again and again. He says, "The prophetic word that we carry is something altogether reliable. Keep your eyes fixed on it as you would a lamp shining in a dark place until the first streaks of dawn appear and the morning star rises in your heart. The morning star rises in your heart. That's the Holy Spirit in you for you. That's something that that really shifts on the inside. You feel it. And when that that morning, and then there's something that happens on the outside. The morning star rises in your heart and the first streaks of dawn appear. That's the whole world is going to." change. Brothers and sisters, there's a wave coming. Get your surfboards ready. I want to ride this. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this. So that's the center of Petrine theology. That's the, when he talks about the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of God, the knowledge of Jesus, the knowledge of him. That's the epikenosis. That's that deep inner knowing. This is that that the recovery of the, the spiritual amnesia. This is the anamnesis. The, the recovery of spiritual amnesia. St. Paul, same thing on the road to Damascus, which is the road to Syria, which is that Syrian school that I was telling you is so cool. I wanna learn more about that Syrian school as I wanna master the Greek fathers and as I wanna master the Latin fathers. I mean, if we're gonna do this, let's do this. So, um, the surpassing greatness of his power for those who believe, just any one of these lines, you could just pick and make it your word for the week and let the Holy Spirit inscribe it on your heart, and it's just going to open up so beautifully. Um, yeah, because you, you, you don't have to try to be spiritual; you are spiritual. You don't have to try to be prophetic; you are prophetic. You are a son and daughter of the Most High. This is for you. What I'm doing here, flowing with this, I'm showing you the. Even if it's only three to five percent, I'm showing you that there's there's more. These these, this is your inheritance. You know your holy spirits in you for you holy spirits on you for those nations but this is also connecting you to the cloud of witnesses in the past so you don't go for them by yourself you go with the power of the most high and you go with the cloud of witnesses and you go with an army of angels i'm thinking i'm thinking this is some pretty cool stuff (laughs) all right Uh, so let's move on to our gospel and close it up for the day we are on the Gospel of Mark chapter 16. So this is the end of the Gospel of Mark. And hear these words, Jesus said to his disciples and brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, this is you, beloved, you are his disciples. Who are his disciples? The word for disciple means it comes from the same word as math. Do the math, pay attention, be scientific, make good observations. What he's saying, what he's doing, this means something. This reveals something. Again, the Gospel of Luke and the the Acts of the Apostles, we're talking about through many proofs he wants to stack experiences. He doesn't want you to have blind faith. We walk by faith and not by sight, but faith is a way of seeing. And we arrive, we arrive at that level of faith through stacking of experiences. This is that itinerary of conviction until you come to the place of unshakable confidence. And even the word, very word confidence means to be with faith. So, so do the math. Go, Jesus said to his disciples, to those who are doing the math, paying attention, dialing into reality. Christ is present in the reality before you. I'm not talking about some magical, mythical, mystical thing. I'm talking about something that's very real. There are more miracles right before you than we could dare to dream or imagine. So Jesus said to his disciples, go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. The Greek word for world is comes from cosmos. And so this is even bigger than like telling your neighbor. If, if you're thinking evangelization is tell your neighbor, yeah, love love the person to your right and to your left, 100%, you're connected to them. But know that as you're loving the person to your left and to your right, to your right and to your left, the, um, as, as you're loving them, know that this is something that goes to the highest heavens, to the furthest reaches of the cosmos. This is big. Go into the whole world. Go into the whole cosmos. And proclaim the gospel to every creature. Yeah. This is where, like, really, to be able to dial into all the darkness in me, I want to turn into light. And all of the negativity in me, I want to turn into beauty. And all of the bitterness in me, I want to partner with God in order to turn into sweetness. Yeah. Yeah. Every fragrance in me, I want to be a holy fragrance that reveals His character. I want that for me, so that I can start, so that I can be a, a greater, make a greater and greater impact on turning the darkness into light for all of creation. The darkness into light, and yeah, the the darkness into light, and ashes, yeah, ashes into beauty. Negativity into positivity. Go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. So I want to look at this in this way. This, If you believe and you're baptized, you're saved. So saved is really cool. Saved means, uh, so it comes from the root word sozo, which means saved, healed, and delivered. Saved, healed, and delivered. Saved from what? Saved from imminent danger. Healed on every level—physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual—and even the healing that comes to our whole, uh, whole, the whole cosmos as we enter in that perfect shalom. So saved, saved from imminent da- danger, uh, healed from er- on every dimension where we need restoration. Saved, healed, and delivered, delivered from death. And do we realize how imminent death is that's where this problem started with Adam and Eve they they were in perfect paradise but they were subduced by the angel of death and they welcomed death into the world unwittingly welcomed death into the world but Christ conquered death by death and this is what we're walk this is what we're walking in so Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever believes and is baptized will be sozoed. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, healed, and delivered. Now, so whoever believes, so baptized, we talked about beneath the water, up from the water, living life under the open heavens with the voice of the Father in your spirit and the Holy Spirit on your shoulder. (laughs) The Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove and rested upon him. But believes, this is, uh turn toward and open to believes is yeah to open to his empowering presence believes yeah to see with the eye you just have to open the eye to see with the spirit you just have to open the spirit this is what it means to believe okay and one of the in in the greek believe to come under the divine persuasion to come under the full influence of. This is what I talk about being under the influence. Paul was drunk in the Spirit. This is what I want to live a lifestyle like that. Uh, Drunk all day, every day in the Holy Spirit. But also I want that drunkenness to be matched by the sobriety of the Word. So they talk about intoxication of the Spirit and the sobriety of the Word. So Holy Spirit and Jesus, the the right hand of the Father and the left hand of the Father, as the Father lifts us up into into His embrace. So, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. Remember the baptism, the going down and coming up. What condemned means is you just go down, and so that's the power of the cross. And you know Jesus says, "Unless you, unless you deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me, you cannot be my disciples." But this power of the cross—well, the cross. Let's just focus on the cross for a second. Um, the option isn't whether or not you get the cross. Everybody gets the cross. Every believer and non-believer every person every atheist the cross comes to all of us that's the going down part what i'm interested in is the coming up part <laughs> living under the open heavens the life in the realm of the spirit and so so when it says here whoever does not believe will be condemned the word condemned is an intensification of staying down so the kata is the is the first part of the word in in greek and then there's a word for for judgment so it's an yeah, so the think when you hear condemned, think you went down, but you didn't come up. And so it's not saying, like, God's going to say you're bad. No, God said once and for all, I love you unconditionally. Yeah, you'll never be more loved than you are right now. I love you unconditionally, whether you say yes or no. But I'll tell you this, if you just receive the crosses in life, if you just receive the darkness and the negativity and the bitterness... You are condemned. You're staying down. Life doesn't start until you come back up. <laughs> and so if you're in your head, you're dead. If you're, life doesn't start until you're in your heart, this is what we want to get to the other side, to realize that life isn't happening to me. Life is happening for me. And I'm actually being invited to play a part in turning the darkness into light, turning the negativity into beauty, and turning the bitterness into sweetness. So all right, so going on, whoever believes in him will be baptized, will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be contemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they'll drive out demons, they'll speak new tongues, they'll pick up serpents with their hands, they'll drink every deadly thing. It will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Notice this, driving out demons the way they open up with and healing the sick. This is what Jesus did from the very beginning, healed the sick, raised the dead, and cast out demons. This is the first assignment that he gave to the twelve. This is the same assignment that he gave to the seventy-two. Heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out demons. Here it is in the Gospel of Mark being given to all of us, that all of us are supposed to heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out demons. So those are easy. All right, those are easy to interpret. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. That's that sixty-fold. Thirty-fold, sixty-fold, hundred-fold I'm telling you about. Um, but the the ones that are a little bit trickier speak with speak in new languages so we're getting for pentecost we're getting ready for pentecost so it's worthwhile to say there's there are many types of gifts of tongues okay so there's this is a beautiful field to go into and study and with these gifts of tongues i want to just talk about three of them praying in tongues singing in tongues and speaking in tongues they're all different things so praying in tongues simply means you loosen your tongue under the influence of the Holy Spirit to connect with God. All right, so that's loosening your tongue. That, that's praying in tongues. Singing in tongues means you do the praying in tongues, but you bring melody to it. Yeah, and it's beautiful. If you've been with people praying in tongues, singing in tongues, it's beautiful. You, if, you have, if, you have a, if the discernment of spirits that's in you is being woke, then you will feel that when you when you wit, when you experience yourself or someone else praying in tongues or singing in tongues. Speaking in tongues is different. This is where you make a proclamation in a tongue. And speaking in tongues, the opposite side of that gift is the interpretation of tongues. And so here they will speak new languages. They're talking about conveying a, a, a message to to a people that speak a different language than you, but Holy Spirit gives translation to it. That Happened then is happening now and will happen more. And right now, if we haven't had the experience, we don't want to divine. We don't want to limit ourselves by the experiences that we haven't had yet, but rather come into alignment with the Word of God, so that as much of these experiences are possible, we could experience. So, there's my pro tongues message. Now, picking up serpents in their hands and drinking deadly things. I just think that it's, it's interesting with the, with the serpent. First of all, we, we didn't see G, Jesus picking up serpents, but there's a prophecy about Jesus with the serpent that he's going to crush the head of the serpent from the book of Genesis. Also, you have St. Paul does get bit by a viper and nothing happens to him. And the people are like, wow, that's cool. And then you also have serpents. Oh, in the Psalm 91, it talks about we'll, how we're going to tread on serpents. The interesting you have a positive serpent when Jesus says be innocent as dove as and wise as serpents so that's uh, so th- that's interesting but I want to talk about the in the book of Genesis the serpent is the presence of evil in the garden and that serpent shows up again in the book of Revelation as the Leviathan the multi-headed dragon and so evil is immature in the beginning and it matures toward the end. Likewise, the bride of Christ, or Adam and Eve, uh, is the bride, goodness is immature in the beginning, and is matured in the book of Revelation. So, I see the heavenly Jerusalem descended like a bride adorned for her bridegroom. That's the church in her maturity, the heavenly church. So, but, one of the the meanings that I see here is is to pick up service. So, is this temptation that that survival brain, that reptilian core, that fight, flight, and freeze animalistic way of living, which is where flows that fight, flight, and freeze. It's said right there. That's where flows the, the darkness and the bitterness and the ne- negativity. And the, the enemy, this is what's susceptible to the demonic, the enemy seduces us to live from that place. But Christ is inviting us to be elevated to, I'm pointing now to the frontal lobes where reason and lo- where logic and reason operate. this is why I'm saying be scientific, understand this stuff and but the highest act of reason is to open to the mystery. And so this is what we want to do. So we're not afraid of the dark story that the the demons tell, the serpents tell that it comes to steal, kill and destroy because we are becoming masters of meaning and men and women of revelation. So that we could pick up your story and we can show you what it means all the way to the point where Jesus himself says, the uh, be wise as serpents. And so masters a meaning like that to to turn the darkness into light, to turn the bitterness into sweetness, to turn the negativity into beauty. All right, yea, God, thank you, Jesus. So then Jesus says, uh, so then the Lord Jesus, after he spoke to them, was taken up into heaven. So again, and took his seat at the right hand of God But they went forth and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word through many signs. And so last closing word (laughs) is signs of God and the God of signs. The problem is not, yeah, we want to seek the God of signs and not the signs of God, but the problem isn't the signs. The problem is seek God. The more you seek God, the more you'll see the signs. And so brothers and sisters, I just want to tell you that there are signs in your life right now. There are signs around you right now. And that's God breaking into your world and shining through to you. The very fact that you're listening to this is this is God's manifesting this for you. This is for you. But I'm telling you, what we're seeing right now, even as wonderful as the signs are, we're only at 3 to 5%. But we're going to someplace amazing. There's coming 30, 60, and 100-fold. There are going to be so many signs. But as we see, we will see those signs. But our passion is for God. So we're we're not seeking the signs of God. Jesus says an evil generation seeks a sign. They seek the sign for the sign's sake because signs are fun. But trust me, well, no, test and verify for yourself. Seek God with all your heart. Wait, do you see the signs that you see when you start seeking God? You're going to see so many signs. The more you seek God, the more you're going to seek signs, and we get to have it all. We get to have the we get to have the 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 promised land and the Promiser. <laughs> All right, brothers and sisters, thank you so much for joining me for inscription. We'll be here every Friday with teachings to prepare for Sunday, and we'll be here every Sunday with fire on the altar, time of prophetic worship and soaking. If you've been blessed by if you've been blessed by this, if you've learned something th- from this, then please hit like and subscribe and pass it on. So share the love. Uh, don't don't just enjoy the fire, but spread the fire. Bless you. We'll see you next week.